My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. All right. Episode 26 of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Dominic DeLeo alongside Joe DeLera, producer Corey in studio. No Terry Takes today. Um, we're going to do a little housekeeping. Uh, we didn't kick Terry Takes off the pot. He just couldn't make it today. Um, but <laughs> but it's, it's interesting timing. <laughs> you can't seem like you just threw him away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, goodbye, Terry. Um, but no some, one knows you. Some housekeeping. Uh, Joe and I, both me and Joe. Very exciting news. Got um, hired by the Action Network Yes. As contributors. Um, Insert a clapping thing. Um, I'll be covering NCAA as March Madness comes around. Joe will be covering the NBA. Um, but very exciting times to uh, get our get our platform out there. Um, yeah. You know, as we've kind of made this podcast in the advent of gambling and the legalized gambling in the United States. Um, we've kind of just taken you, the listeners on this journey with us. Yeah. And And honestly, if you've been following us, you've been probably learning a little bit about how it's not just it's, it's gambling. Yeah. But it's not, you know, there's a lot of math. There's a lot more into it. And like in terms of probability and things to give you the edge that, uh, not the average better is not going to have. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've shouted out the Action Network plenty of times in this podcast because we put our picks on the, on the app. Um, we've been, you know, users of the app. Great app, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we don't have a sponsorship deal with, the, with them um, yet. But, you know, as, as my, you know, whatever status I am as a contractor contributor, like, <laughs> contributor yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll see our articles up there and you can support us by sharing those articles and reading and just uh, yeah. kind of being part of the journey. So I'm excited. I know you're, you're yeah, it's really awesome opportunity uh, to get yourself out there. It gives us a little bit of something to look forward to, you know, um, getting to put out some of our picks and our articles in a little bit more of a organized and, methodical way or something. Yeah, I mean, because we've, we've talked about writing a little bit more um, and starting our own kind of blog about it, um, but this kind of gives us a platform to just put our picks out there. You know, uh, you know we're not going to be writing about everything we bet, but, you know, as we've said before, if you want to find out all the stuff we are betting, follow us on the Action Network. I'll tweet out a link to my, uh, my, my profile there. Joe will do so as well. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's a good thing. And, you know, I'm happy for you. Happy for you. Yeah. So, you know. Guys, as head of the production team, I just want to say that I'm really happy that, you know, all of our blood, sweat, and tears have led to uh, this contribution position. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we couldn't have done it without you. Also, just so the listeners know, none of us are wearing pants right now. <laughs> uh, I also want the listeners to know that I spell check Joe's writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> it's not really a lie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, the housekeeping um, in terms of uh, what's going on with the podcast and uh, Joe and I as new action contributors. The, you know, March is a big month for gambling. We have the NCAA tournament coming up, conference tournaments coming up next week. Before that, Selection Sunday, I believe, is in two weeks. Uh, and we also have baseball season right around the corner. The tournament yeah. will take us pretty much all the way into the first week of February. And we just, you know, have a lot to talk about, but 
we just felt it was right to start off with a little bit of housekeeping on how we are doing and how we're going to continue doing this podcast. And like I said, we're excited to have you, the listeners, alongside with the journey, um, alongside us, and hopefully the contribution position keeps growing and we can write about more sports and, uh, yeah. No, really exciting opportunity. Um, we're going to start off cause we were talking about just the gambling industry and how, um, you know, we've genu- you know, generally spoken of it in a good light. We've generally yes. spoken of it in a, um, you know, this is going to be a big thing. You know, if we were more of a New Jersey centralized podcast, just because we're from New Jersey, New Jersey was, pretty much the first state after Las Vegas once the Supreme Court ruling came down. I think we just passed them uh, last month in revenue, yeah. uh, Vegas, actually. so it, It's huge. People from New York coming over here uh, to bet. We've talked about that before in the past. But it's, you know, as the, as, as legalized gambling becomes more um, socially acceptable in the consciousness and more states are starting to legalize it, you know, it's, it's sometimes stories come up that remind us of the darker side of gambling yeah. and of, you know, how we need to be more responsible. And, you know, it's something that I've been thinking about, um, in just terms of broadcasting to you guys, but, um, and just in terms of how we talk about it and just what the, you know, cause when, when they were trying to legalize it, there was a whole bunch of opposition to it saying that, you know, I, you, you traditional like price fixing con- yeah, like, conspiracy It's going to get weird. Yeah. People are going to, you know, pay people off, mm-hmm. um, in order to get an edge or, you know, maybe shave a point here or there off the end of a long spread and like, a, you know, on a heavy favorite. But then you have uh, some other stories about people that have gotten extremely rich, extremely fast. Yeah. And, you know, it, it can really impact. It's surprising what it can do to a person. A well, way. and I think that th- this brings us to the article that I wanted to talk about. Uh, because Parlay Pats was one of these people that was kind of glorified as like, oh, this guy got really rich really quick. He's, you know, chartering flights and he just bought a new car because yeah. he's winning, you know, and tens he's like of- driving into like random parking lots and putting these parlays in mm-hmm. and just tens of thousands of dollars he's winning. So Parlay Pats, for those of you who don't know, um, kind of like during football season this year got yeah popular because um people were writing articles about how he hit like a huge money line parlay won tens of thousands of dollars and then was pretty much just betting parlays of huge money line huge money line favorites will like you know pick six minus 600 or or worse odds um and but you put seven of them together and you get a little bit more than even money usually. Yeah. And then he puts, you know, $10,000, $20,000 on it. Um, but the, this article that came out today, <laughs> um, which, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a ridiculous story. Um, yeah. it's really not that funny, but so yeah, it's not funny, but like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so this guy, parlay Pats, like we said, was getting a lot of PR publicity from doing all these, these bets. People were like trying to follow him. Um, you know, he even, he was, he even, he was putting on stuff on the action network yeah. and people were following him on his bets. And then it comes out today that U S attorney Maria Ch- uh, Chapa Lopez charged 23 year old gambler, Ben quote unquote parlay Pats with allegedly threatening to carry out acts of violence against athletes and their families. The U S attorney's office for the middle district of Florida announced Wednesday. So basically he is now charged with threatening 
athletes and yeah. it's it's brutal What's, through his instagram account which is <laughs> a wild move like so <laughs> this article cites you know pats roast a modest fame in the gambling space during the past football season for amassing over 1.1 million in gross winnings via parlays in the less in less than two months um action network uh was covering parlay pats uh during that time and then it comes out now that According to the complaint, you know, obviously he hasn't had a chance to defend himself, but he's allegedly sending Instagram messages to college players, to professional players, uh, you know, interestingly enough, though, you know, it doesn't seem like any of them were in New Jersey. So I guess this law really worked well. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly sent Instagram messages to Pepperdine basketball player. Um, Your throat will be severed open with a dull knife. Your entire family will be beheaded and burned alive. I will enter your home as you sleep and I kill you. Uh, Julian Edelman, I'll rape and murder your entire family. Like Jesus Christ, Rob Gronkowski, brutally rape and murder your family. I will enter your home while you sleep and sever your neck open with a dull knife. Uh, Like the part of that, like none of that's actually funny, but like when you think about the size of Parlay Pats and Rob (laughs) Gronkowski, that's just, besides it being a ridiculous statement, that's a ridiculous way to go about that. Uh, Braves player, Max Freed, I'll behead you and your family. I'll sever your neck open with a dull knife. Guy fucking loves dull knives. Does he have a, like, has he ever heard of a fucking knife sharpener? Like, just get the, like, I can't believe his family or especially him was never scammed by the people that sell like those, uh, like the cut cone knives. And it's like, Oh, well, like I need it. I'm going to college. It'll really help. And then they buy the whole set in the wooden block. And then, you know, it's like, what are you doing with all these knives? You already had a nice set by like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Joe! <laughs> I didn't think this was going to turn into a discussion on knives. How much money do you own, knife cost? <laughs> anyway, the only thing I think I know for sure about uh, this guy is that he for sure sucks at cooking. <laughs> He's using just like a fucking semi-sharp thing to beat his meat in half. He's Ups, like, well, uh, have you seen those videos on like, like I follow all like the grilling porn and like they cut like the really nice cuts of meat with a spoon sometimes, which is ridiculous, but to show like how tender it is. A lot of butter. So maybe he feels like Rob Gron- Gronkowski is tender now that he's retired. Sure. I'm shaking my head. It's... <laughs> I mean, the obsession with beheadings, the dull knives. Very weird. It's basically like he's he's the leader of gambling ISIS. This is why you don't fall asleep Ooh. on the dark web at night. You Guys come like, out of that hole once in a while. I, I mean, look. Like the guy, said, is, it's, the it's, guy it's, is parlaying rape and dull knives. She, it's just a disaster. <laughs> so, as we said, not really a funny story, but it's just like... You know, we're covering the gambling industry. This is kind of sent like minor shockwaves through the gambling space. Um, and it kind of just reminds us as media people in this space that, you know, glorifying big winners, not only does it probably, you know, hurt a lot of people that see these big winnings and is like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go chase that. So, like, obviously, responsible gambling is very important. Um, you know, these are very, like, very rare occurrences for uh, some guy to, like, just turn a hundred dollars into hundreds of, you know, $1.1 million in winnings. And then also you just got to think of like what it does to people in terms of like an obsession. If you are then sending Instagram DMS to college players for costing you money, like it's wild. It's really wild. So your take is that the money made him crazy. No, no, I think I, this guy was already unstable. I just think that like we as 
gambling media need to make sure that the unstable people remain poor. <laughs> well, that that's a, no, that's it, not an, well. I guess that is an option, but no, I think it has more to do with just like understanding and like reading about it before you get into it, and you know being able to assess and take a step back and say like, what am I doing here? Yeah, you know, it's um, it, it's responsibility, but it's just also like it, it, responsibility on the on the part of people covering these people because you know you're glorifying. I mean, but it's the same in every industry. Like you glorify like the one percent of people that make crazy money off of this and then but but it just shows you that like there's a dark side to this and you know we're not ignoring that and we're not running away from that we're just you know i wanted to take the time to just say like yeah breathe there's a smart way to do it there's a responsible way to gamble and i think like as a society like there's going to be some rough patches and some rough edges when you know something new comes about that has historically looked at as bad and at, you know at the end of the day like people's lives if you have a sickness have been ruined by it yeah. so but it's it's like with anything it's like with smoking it's with drinking it's yeah. with um you know it's it's and it's you know it goes into what we said though like you know it's when we're looking at the gambling it's not we're trying to take a lot of the like the chance out of it. There's obviously, there's always going to be some chance, but like when we're looking at things, we're using math, we're using probability. We're looking at things besides just, you know, the matchup itself and saying like, what do you think is going to happen here? Mm -hmm. So, and that's something to keep in mind. Like when you're, when you're looking at this and when you're doing it, just because, you know, they'll like, it's set a certain way and it plays into your emotions and not, it's like, not everybody's an expert, you know? So, uh, try to be careful with everything that you're doing. Yeah. And nuanced guys. Thank you. Very nuanced. Yeah, and and just at the end of the day, like know how much you can afford to bet. Like yeah. know how much you can afford to lose. Like res- manage your bankroll responsibly. Yeah. Um, because you know if you at the end of the day are like you know it's it's like happened to me the first time I like started gambling. It's like oh like you get addicted to chasing something yeah. and it's like oh I turn around like oh I I have deposited three hundred dollars in DraftKings in the last like week remember like. remember when i started with my dollar units <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like just you know it's something you could do if you if you don't really know what you're doing at least you can get a feel for it and you're not it's like pretty low stakes at that point mm-hmm. so if you find yourself threatening any professional or collegiate athletes you've probably <laughs> overspent your bankroll yeah def- allegedly okay. yes yeah probably. that that's you know how those like gambling ads where it's like you know 1-800-GAMBLER like bet with your head not over it like that's yeah. once you cross that threshold where you're sending college players instagram dms then you're betting over your head yeah i would say yeah. i would say that's probably a decent example yeah and deep end now and like don't don't like dm us threatening us it's just like not a really good idea <laughs> no go ahead <laughs> uh, meet me in the comment section bitches <laughs> i got all day on the toilet all right so i think i think this is enough responsibility for today yeah, definitely. Let's <laughs> let's talk about yeah, college basketball. You're good. Yeah, we're good. Let's talk about college basketball. Okay. Let's talk about March Madness. Seton Hall is so awesome. So, <laughs> Seton Hall are all the boys. Hallin, Hallin, our alma mater, alma mater, mater. I think it's mater, but mater. it does matter. Alma mater, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> alma mater for law school where we all met um, is in contention for a number one seed in the, in the tournament, which is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, Kevin Willard, uh, who is uh, ha- has done a great job in building a program that's been competitive in the Big East, but this year really has taken a step forward in terms of maybe you know maybe. Helped by a weaker Villanova, not a really 
strong team in the Big East. Do you think it's like? Do you feel like Jay Wright just doesn't look as good as he did in prior years, or what? Like I'm bad, you know, good coaches have bad bad years. I mean, look at Roy Williams in North Carolina this year. Like it's it's recruiting classes. It's you know a couple things breaking your way. Uh, Rutgers also too huge win huge against win. Maryland two nights ago. And they're probably going to get in the tournament, which brings us to another New Jersey housekeeping thing is that in New Jersey, they were so afraid of legalizing gambling that they cut out in the regulations that you can't bet on New Jersey college teams. And I've said on this podcast before how stupid that is. I know it's ridiculous. Um, but not only can you bet single games, you can't bet on futures in the col- and you know you you can't bet. You're going to have to go to Pennsylvania and drive across the border to give them money to bet Seton Hall and Rutgers, which I'm sure a lot of people would have liked I know. to bet. And like in I, I New you Jersey. know, it's brutal. Like I, you know, I really want to bet on the MAC championship here for my uh, undergrad, <laughs> Monmouth University, and now you actually can't bet on the entire tournament because it's, it's in Atlantic City. Yep. So high stakes. It's going to be really annoying when it comes down to, I mean, we're still going to cover the games. We're still going to have, cause we do have listeners outside of New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but we're just airing a little bit of our personal frustration with the whole, um, have you thought about player safety? I've thought about starting a petition to governor Murphy. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like psychopaths showing up to a tournament and slashing some tires, pushing some people over to sway a way a game's going to go. If you're out of state, that's less likely to happen. Wait, I don't. Oh, so you're saying like if they see like the Seton Hall bus like yeah. driving down, somebody's gonna try to shoot out of the tires? Yeah, oh, I was thinking more of the knife because I don't think I would shoot tires. Well, listen, Parlay Pats is not knife. gonna be bringing that dull knife to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, I mean, it's obviously something to consider. But it, these I mean, are the just, things our wise legislators probably thought of. I, yeah, I'm sure they did. Can they you see the horns of, growing out of my head? Your your hat's obstructing them. I think. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 there it is. I see it. You know what? They're poking out a little bit extra because you got your haircut. So true. You know. Uh, yeah, and now since Terry's not here, I can talk about the projected bracket like without getting yelled at for not being the actual bracket. Listen, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I think it's something to talk about. Uh, I think it is important though. But like we were talking about uh, with Seton Hall, like Seton Hall is, uh, has a legitimate chance of winning the title. Like, uh, in I, terms of at least in terms of their seat, I know you don't like the Big East, but I mean they are one of the better teams. Yeah, I, in, a, in a fairly wide open year. Yes, uh, so. I mean they're a two seed in Albany right now, according to Lunardi. But that's March second. It's probably going to come out today. A new iteration of It'll probably be bracket. a higher two seed. I think. Right? I mean, yeah, I, I think I, unless SDSU loses, they're not going to move to a one. Yes. So. Um, you know, but it, I think it can present some value. Well, we can get into it closer when we see the brackets. But it, the way the law works, you're kind of allowed to, like, if if Seton Hall or a New Jersey team wins the championship or whatever you kind of bet on, mm-hmm. your bets are voided and they're refunded. Yes. So keep those tickets if you have a, have a hard copy ticket. That's very important to do. Uh, if you did it through an app, like let's say Seton Hall's in the Midwest bracket right now, which they are, um, and you're looking at them, the one seed is Kansas. Uh, to win that bracket, you may as well bet on Kansas or maybe if there's like another three seed or something like that because if Seton Hall comes out of the Midwest and makes the final four, you're going to get that bet back um so it is an opportunity to kind of double play it and we were discussing and like i I guess they'll probably try to cook that into the odds but it's going to be hard because some sports books might not and uh you know they might you might lose some business that way 
Yeah, I like so if you bet on Kansas to win the Midwest Regional and Seton Hall ended up winning, you would get refunded on refunded, that. Refunded, yes, to so, save the ticket. Yeah. And also, like you said, it could present some value in betting a team. Like if it's Seton Hall, San Diego State, like I don't like either of those teams. So bet, like the, betting a third or a fourth seed yeah. could present Like in some, Ohio State, even in like a, like a, in a bracket like that. I don't mm-hmm. know what it looks like, but it could present some value with like a much lower seed and yes. if you see something like that. Yes, exactly. So... Um, but you know, in terms of the number one seeds, Kansas, Baylor, probably number one seed or Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga. I think those are locks. I mean, if Baylor has an early first round exit, a team like Seton Hall, a team like Maryland team, like even Dayton could like get a one seed if they went out. Um, but in terms of like, just quick look ahead, I know we're going to have tons of content on this when we actually get into tournament time. Um, but Kansas is six to one to win the title. I would never recommend betting on a six to one team to win the title. Can't do it. Um, you know, especially with too Kansas, much delay. Who's, who's not like it's not like they like the Anthony Davis Kentucky teams or yeah. like the Carl Towns Kentucky teams where they were, you know, winning thirty straight games and heading into the title as like this generational type talent team. They're not that. There's no team like that in this no. tournament. So it's a little wide open. Um, Gonzaga eight to one. We talked about how it could be Gonzaga's year, but they still have never won a title, and it's hard to actually do that um dayton they have obi toppin in a year where there's not a huge perennial powerhouse team at the top of the bracket a team like top a player like toppin could take dayton to a final four which i hope they do because i had that 125 to one yeah you got that dayton to make the final that's, that's four insane bet. um and he could you know maybe pull like a Carmelo Anthony type of thing. Not saying he's Carmelo, but he's a projected top five. Stay pick. mellow, baby. Um, Baylor 11 to one Michigan state now kind of getting hot towards the end of the season, 15 to one. Um, so there, there's definitely wide open. It's wide open and I can't wait to talk about it, but we'll talk about it then. Just wanted to touch base on New Jersey teams in the tournament. Keep that in mind as we talk about it a little bit um, as we get closer to Absolutely. tournament time. Anything going on in the NBA world, Joe? Uh, so we got some interesting scenarios now. You kind of are seeing how the Clippers are really starting to gel, I think. Uh, and the Rockets continue to be, in my opinion, the like most valuable team to bet live um, because of the way that they play basketball. So there was a point the other day where the Rockets were down by like 20 to the Knicks, which is just ridiculous. They wound up losing the game by three, but still it presented an opportunity. You could live bet the Rockets like plus 11 against the Knicks, which is just, it's insane because all they do is shoot threes. So they have the ability to come back into a game very rapidly. And I think it presents a really nice opportunity for live betting. Now, the interesting thing is there's actually going to be a game tonight, which I'm probably going to do a little bit of a write up on. I'm not sure if it'll be out on the action network or if I'll just put it on my Twitter. Uh, but it's, I'm going to talk about the Clippers and the Rockets. Uh, the Clippers are right now, they're one point dogs on the road at Houston. Now, the interesting thing is I think that you're going to see the Clippers playoff type of lineup here because they're going to want to see how it fares against this type of Rockets team just in case they have to play, which is not super likely right now the way the seeding is, but I think that they want to make sure they lock in a two or three seed here so they don't have to play the Lakers in like the second round of the playoffs. It's not like an ideal scenario for them. Um, 
but the interesting thing is that the Rockets uh, play small ball, but the Clippers' ideal lineup is smaller. So I think that the Clippers are one of the teams that is actually better able to pair up against the Rockets because they have a wide array of players that can kind of play positionless basketball. So you're looking at a lineup with Paul, led by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, uh, and then you have Pat Beverly who can basically defend like anybody. He's a bulldog. And then you have Marcus Morris who's fairly good defensively. He's at least proficient, and he's kind of a size like enigma. He can kind of play and defend multiple positions. And then you're looking at Montrez Harrell who's not your traditional style big man um but it plays perfectly into the fact that the rockets don't play a traditional big man so i think it gives them the ability to stretch the floor and their best defenders can cover in my opinion they can cover westbrook harden etc one-on-one which is going which creates a problem because one of the big things that the rockets have been doing is by they anticipate the double team on james harden uh, or Russell Westbrook. And what happens is it creates somebody, somebody is going to be open as they space the floor and it's going to either allow somebody to cut or you're going to have an open shooter on the three point line. Do you think, uh, uh, sorry to, to no, it's fine. The, uh, an experiment like the Rockets, do you think that it could work? Like a I center, love, I love it. Like a center. Cause apparently like all the analytics departments that all of these teams have, like yes. have been trying to tell GMs to do this for years and, Daryl Morey with like the China shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Mike D'Antoni are like, well, we're probably getting fired at the end of the year anyway. So yeah. like, let's do what we've always wanted no, to do. I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's genius. I think it's, uh, one of the ways to combat these teams where like Westbrook and Harden are phenomenal basketball players, but the pairing of them is it's hard to say like they're better, even though they're both MVP players than Mm -hmm. like LeBron and AD and Kawhi and Paul George. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to say like they're better than those guys, you know, in terms of a pairing. Um, But by using math, it gives them an edge because Mm -hmm. they can play into a different style. So like they just, you don't have to be as good. And that's what the math says. You know, you can, you, they can shoot, 35, 40% from three and the other team's going to have to shoot like 55% from the paint in order to be as good and keep up with the Rockets. So I think it gives them a lot of leeway and it gives them the ability to blow teams out and get them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I really like the thought process and I don't see why it can't work. Um, and it's, I think it plays they're They're a nightmare matchup for the Lakers because of the way they um, can stretch the floor and the Lakers do give up threes. Uh, and they're also a big problem, I think, for the Bucks because the Bucks give up so many threes. So the, obviously the problem is they can't really defend LeBron or uh, you know Giannis, but that's a problem if you get to the finals, really. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, you'll have a lot of fun writing about this stuff um, as it gets closer to the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be great. And talking about it. But just wanted to touch base in NBA a little bit. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Super Tuesday blew up in my face last <laughs> week uh, or <laughs> this week. And uh, we'll do some of our segments. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Stay tuned. Dan, I'll take them out of here. Book them. Oddscast podcast. We are talking about the um, right now the Super Tuesday um, results on last Thursday. Last episode, I gave out a couple 
pro uh, Bernie Sanders picks that didn't really materialize. But I would like to talk about why they didn't materialize. Right, because at the time that I gave those picks out, I did not think that the Democratic Party would adequately an actual Democrat coalesce and get two of the candidates who were pulling around 10% <laughs> to drop out and endorse a candidate before he was already going to win the primary on su- on Saturday in South Carolina. And that was a three day momentum swing that no one really foresaw, um, especially you, especially me. Did you sleep during that time or were you just wide awake at night? No, I, I, when, when, <laughs> when Klobuchar dropped, I think Buttigieg dropped out first, didn't endorse anybody. Klobuchar dropped out, endorsed Biden, and then Buttigieg endorsed Biden. Like at least she had an that. hour after that. Yeah, it was, I was, well, like, it was like a wild turn of events. I was like, yeah, those bets I gave out on the podcast probably aren't going to hit. So, so um, you know, it's, it's not going to be hit? a sweeping uh, landslide Super Tuesday for Sanders. I think you know the results coming in. I think that if they had stayed in the race and didn't coalesce behind Joe Biden. They, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that they it would have hit, but more likely than not, I think they would have hit. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, bigger, and, just to, and just to recap, Sanders won four states. Biden won the rest of them. Um, Warren and Mike Bloomberg, who uh, Elizabeth Warren, Mike Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg dropped out uh, yesterday, endorsed Joe Biden. Um, at the time we're recording this podcast, Elizabeth Warren had not dropped out, but as of last night, they were <coughs> having talks with the Sanders campaign reported by the Washington post. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that when one did, uh, in terms of move forward. What day Mo- moving forward? What day did, uh, these people, what day did they all drop out or like Friday, Friday? So that was what the Friday. Okay. So they, you know, it was like the way the timing wasn't great for you, but you know, my, my <laughs> question podcast was released on Thursday. My question for you is, you know, um, do you it, comparing this, you know, the primary, mm-hmm. um, super Tuesday, who do you feel like gave up the bigger lead Bernie Sanders or the three to one golden state warriors? The three to one golden state warriors. Okay. Now what do you think was the bigger reason for blowing the lead? The uh, Bujaj and uh, Klobuchar backing out and not being able to participate, not being able to play, and endorsing Biden, or Draymond <laughs> being Green being play. suspended in Game Five of the NBA Finals. What was the beginning of the question? Uh, who? Which one do you think had a bigger impact, Draymond oh, the, Green? The first one. The first one. So okay, not, so, not Draymond Green. Okay, so you feel like that. So is that why you feel the Warriors had the bigger blown lead? Yeah, I uh, think that that it's just like I think no, I think that the <laughs> three to one lead that the Warriors had was bigger than the lead that Sanders had heading into Super Tuesday. Okay, so you wouldn't put it on that level yet, though. No. Okay. Uh, and would you compare it to any other like sports collapses? <laughs> okay. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I, com- I, I'm not going to get into because I'm trying to keep this. <laughs> as analytical as possible and i'm not going to get in too much on my political leanings maybe, no, we don't want to get maybe cory and i will start another podcast <laughs> in the odds cast uh, <laughs> podcast network that's not safe we don't want to we don't want to get you emotionally invested on this for sure um but, but I, had it's, 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 I had to ask i had to it's not over is the there's a lot of game thing? left there's a lot of game left if we're talking about purely super tuesday yes the game is over but the yeah. and those and those bets did those not bets are on definitely super, over on, yeah, on yeah. those bets that 
hit on Super Tuesday. Bernie, I mean, I've given out Bernie Sanders to win the nomination at five to one, uh, like two months ago. It's back up to like plus three eighty now. I still would think about maybe spring a little bit on it. Is you know a couple things need to happen. Warren needs to drop out and endorse Sanders. Make it a uh, make the Democratic primary a referendum on progressivism, and you know contrast that with Bernie and Biden. A one-on-one debate stage in a election that has been just crazy in momentum swings. We've seen Warren be like the preeminent frontrunner. We've seen Biden come back from the dead after he was the preeminent frontrunner. Pete Buttigieg won Iowa. Was then like did he? Won the delegate count. I okay. didn't win the pop, popular vote. Okay. He overperformed in the Iowa caucuses. Then he was nominated. He was like ordained as like, oh, this is going to be the guy who can beat Bernie Sanders. Then it was Klobuchar who had a strong performance. Um, and she was like the next person in line. So there's been a lot of momentum swings. And with only, you know, a third of the delegates, a little over a third of the delegates being awarded and still only you know, like a 40 delegate lead for Biden right now. There's still some state results that are coming in. Like there's still a lot of game left to play. And I think that, you know, Biden, when we were talking about the super Tuesday and we were, we were giving out the super Tuesday bets last week was five to one. And now he's like, you know, minus 200 to win, uh, the primary. So there's a lot that can happen. And I think that, that, you know, you can probably have played a couple hedges like along those ways. Um, but you know, a two person race looks very different than a crowded seven person race, um, consolidating into a four person race without any debates on the subject, um, or like, you know, national visibility to regular voters who aren't consuming like regular media. Um, I will say that I was completely wrong and I'll, I'll admit that I was wrong. I was wrong about ground game mattering because Joe Biden, like, had one office in California and was, you know, got like 28% of the vote. Um, he didn't have offices in like any Super Tuesday states, didn't have any advertising, and no one was, you know, bringing people out to the polls, and there was no field organizers, there was no canvassing going on, and he still crushed it. So I don't know what that says about campaigns in general, <laughs> um, you know, maybe especially on a presidential le- level um, and local campaigns still really matters a lot in terms of ground game and organizing. Um, but I just wanted to revisit that because I know a lot of people, um, you know, maybe listen to the Super Tuesday podcast and we're like, what the fuck? But, <laughs> hey, you know, uh, what the fuck? It, uh, yeah, and I'm still sitting here and saying, wow, um, what the fuck? But it's, um, <laughs> You know, it's it's still a long ways to go. Um, I like I said, I would I would think about sprinkling a little bit on Bernie Sanders um, because I do not think this race is over just yet. Um, yeah. But like I said, a lot of things have to happen for that. But it's been a crazy race, and um, you know, at least now, like there's a little bit more clarity now in terms of what's going on. So. Yeah, it was a very crowded field, and now there's two, yeah. and it was down to two. So. Um, producer Corey, I know that you're pretty engaged, probably more engaged in politics than Joe. Any questions, anything you would like to say? Nothing I would like to put out on the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions, Joe? Death. Uh, no, not at this time. I'll, I'll <laughs> not, re- not at this time. <laughs> I'll reserve. I, uh, I give my time to the floor. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Okay, Joe's say. resting on his papers. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, just quick analysis here um the only state that you know you had to get over 15 percent in certain um states to get delegates um there are some interesting numbers out there like bloomberg barely missing 15 percent in texas 
Um, all four candidates being viable, meaning Sanders, Biden, Bloomberg, Warren, um, in Utah, Colorado, and that's it. Close in Massachusetts, but, um, and you know, like I said, a lot of, lot of, a lot of campaigns still to go. Um, but it is what it is right now. Where are we going next? We're going to start to do some segments or we're going to go return to our segments here. The Vipers won. The Vipers did win. Terry takes is awesome. our resident um, XFL. He just texted me to remind us to mention it. To mention it? Can he hop on right now or no? Uh, no, he's driving. Okay. That would be dangerous. He's just texting. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry takes resident XFL expert. Um, how does Betts do? I think he went one for one. I think he went one for one. Uh, so, uh, you know, this weekend we got some matchups going on. Uh, the Vipes are now on the road, though. Uh, they are in the primetime game, 9 p.m. Sunday on ESPN, actually. Their time to shine. Uh, they are a one-and-a-half-point dog. They the, the line has not been favorable to them. It's actually swung in the Wildcats' favor. Uh, they opened as one – the Vipes opened as one-point favorites. Uh, so, you know, they seem to have struggled on the road, probably trying to stay away from that game, I would say. Um, the weekend's opening up with the Seattle Dragons at the Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks have been really the the class of the XFL this season. Um, and they, even though the spread is 13 and a half, I think I'm seeing 12 and a half at some spots. I'm taking the Roughnecks here. I think that they're going to blow, uh, blow the Seattle Dragons out. Um, so that's your first game of the week. Uh, on Saturday on ABC. Um, don't have a huge feeling about the other two, although I don't think that the Guardians are good. The NYGs, uh, <laughs> you know, really letting us down again. But they're on the road in Dallas. Dallas is shown to be a good team. Uh, I, I'd probably lean the Renegades, at, even though the spread's minus eight. I think we've seen that the way the games are, uh, some of these teams are using, you know, the 2.3 point attempts to their advantage. Uh, the spreads, it's harder to say like that there's a particular key number um, when looking at these spreads. So I don't think that the eight matters as much as you would care about like in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then same thing with the Battle Hawks at the DC Defenders. Battle Hawks are minus three and a half at the Defenders. Battle Hawks have kind of like surged ahead while the Defenders have faltered a little bit from their strong start so you might be able to get a little bit of value there at plus three and a half on the home dog uh so I, I, if i'm gonna be betting here i'm probably looking at i'm taking the roughnecks spread uh at home and i'm probably looking at the, I'm, my lean is dc defenders plus three and a half but uh me and terry will probably have some picks out this weekend we'll put it on the socials so uh yes. speaking for terry thanks for that you're welcome um okay so we're done with all the sports um sports are finished sports are finished we're done we're gonna still do some gambling talk though as we go to our favorite segment we're gonna go choo choo vroom vroom rv tripping where are we going so this is a uh for those new listeners out there this is a, a couple segment in which we travel across the country to in our quest to bet all 50 states of the union and we've done fairly well so far. Still trying to get a map, a color-coded map that I have not yet updated probably since like episode 14, so apologies. But last week we lost um, in Connecticut because it's just overall... Um, a fucking awful state. I I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say That's that okay. it's, it's, not our, it's not our favorite state, 
But sure. <laughs> that's one way to say it. Um, and we You're so so nice. We backed the um, the poor poor souls who have had it very hard in life at Yale. Um, and they got beat by Princeton. So, you know, chalk another loss up to Look, those people at Yale. Princeton really needed this W. I mean, as, as I, know the, bad, I think they're slipping in the rankings, right? I know how bad you feel about those who go to Yale and how bad they have it. Princeton's even worse. Yeah. You know, they're lower on the totem pole of, of Ivy League schools mm-hmm. yeah. when compared to, you know, your Harvards. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yales. Uh, bringing it back to Super Tuesday. Well, let's not even get into Brown. Bringing it back to Super Tuesday, you know, Bernie Sanders trying to build a coalition of working class and, and the people that are downtrodden, you know, he's going to be targeting Yale, I'm sure. Um, Most definitely. In, Especially in after this catas- catastrophic loss. Yeah. So, um, Three he, to one. They understand. People don't forget. They're basically Rust Belt farmers who lost out over the trade war now. Like, it's mm. the same thing. It's a Yale student. <laughs> Something like that. NAFT, a huge issue. Yeah. A huge issue among Yale grads. We're, anyway. This is the most relatable segment of the pod we've ever recorded. <laughs> we, we're educated people, you know. We, we're well, we're, we're well learned. Well, people don't well think there's a Venn people. diagram that crosses that section. Oh, I we love that. Uh, there's one it. Venn diagram I love, and it's like I don't know. The the middle is squashed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, I'm see if you guys can guess what state we're going to. Ready? I'm going to throw a fact at you. Okay. This state is big enough to hold Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, and D.C. within its borders. So it's a big state. Alaska. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, it's right. It's got to be right. Nope. Texas. We've, we've been there, though. Been we've there. been to California. Um, other big states, New Mexico, Arizona. Oh, we're going. We're going good. north. We're going, we're going north. Northwest. The big sky state. Ah. Montana. 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 I've thought about like, you know, later on in life when I when I hopefully have the capital to do so to uh, buy a little farm or not farm just buy buy some land in Montana and die by grizzly bear attack. Yeah, um, best way to go. Maybe go, uh, maybe go. You know, ski cabin something like that. But we'll see what happens. Excited to actually go there. I've never been there. This is exciting. Um, I hope we have enough gas. We're definitely gonna have to take a pit stop. It's far. Um, <laughs> throw, so, throw some facts at me. Throw some facts. Where are we going? Montana. Oh, one of those. Joe Jesus was like trying Christ to look Joe. up his Venn diagrams on. It's on a three-way way. Venn diagram, and it's That's vegetables, party, Joe. vegetables, sports, ways to die, and in the middle is squash. Good God. <laughs> you need Jesus. How is, um, veg- like, how is ways to die? Wait, because you could get squashed. Oh, I would say it's squished. But whatever. I forgot what a Venn diagram was. Smushed, squished. All right. Anyway, anyway, so I had to get that out of there. Okay. Over we can under, squash that. Over understated, admitted. Over. Ready? Oh. <laughs> Give me a fucking number, Joe. Get off the Venn diagrams. Jesus Joe, just, Joe just loves betting overs blindly. Okay. I've actually bet only unders today. I'm going to say 42. Yes, oh, no. Yeah. 42. Montana? Push. Montana. I'm going to push again. I'm going to keep betting pushes. I'm never going to do that. It's, <laughs> I'm going to say over 44. <laughs> so <you> just reset <laughs> the line. The line's not good enough for me. You're I'll really go. I'll push? go over. I'll go over. <laughs> it's 41. You I, thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to say <laughs> it's 42. I push. Um, that's fun. All right. That's fair. Yep. Uh, the state animal is the grizzly bear because uh, if you ever watch Mountain Men. There's a fuck ton of grizzly bears in Montana. Uh, it was named after the 
by the Spaniards. They just called it Mountain, which is a pretty, you know, uninspired way to name a state or a territory. Uh, the state also contains more T-Rex specimen, 13, than anywhere else in the world. How crazy is that? Just T-Rex is fucking everywhere. It explains all the bears. What? They I'm, found more T-Rex remains in Montana yeah, than anywhere else in the world. I'm not an archaeological expert. But I did learn a cool I fact think that's today. a Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. What, what was the fact? Are you listening? <laughs> the fuck are you squinting over there? <laughs> no, I thought you had like another fact about T-Rexes that you were going to tell us. Yeah, most of them, their remains have been found in Montana. Oh, I don't know. I thought we had something else. Good God. All right, famous Montanians. T-Rex. Dick Phil Jackson. Ooh. Dana Carvey. Yeah, that's... Evil Knievel. Whoa. Just three? That's literally it. <laughs> Evil. Do you, okay, so do you think that Evil Knievel, um, like who is the modern day equivalent to Evil Knievel? Steve O. Johnny Knoxville. Oh. Nah, Travis Pastrana was too professional. This guy was more flashy and showy. Yeah. Like, is there an equivalent, or like has social media and like our access to yeah, media in general? Just like, yeah, I feel like imagine Evil Knievel on like fucking World Star. Like, or just like Instagram <laughs> story, like. Hey guys, gonna jump over a bunch of cars. <laughs> no, he would definitely use IGTV. He would be that guy. He's like Ugh. making these videos like a minute and twenty seconds long. Yeah, so it's I like oh, can't just I gotta click it. on it. Like David Blaine, ass. Chris Angel. Nah, they actually just trick people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. He actually hurt himself. Although so, I think Chris Angel did hurt himself. I think he did. Yeah, I think he hurt. He tricked himself into thinking he was safe. Or like those yeah. tight dumbass tightrope walker people. Fuck those people. <laughs> I'm going to go off. That fucking family is what's wrong with this country. The Kardashians? No. They're okay. They make money. They make great bucks. These fucking people just walk on tight ropes, and there's a goddamn two-hour special every time they do it over something. You ever have those people that tied the rope in between the trees, like, at college? No. Oh, my God. Dude, we, I was like, You really think class. we had slackliners at Holy Cross? Was, Come on. Dude, there were slackliners at Monmouth. I mean, granted, slacking at Monmouth was, like, encouraged, uh, but there were slackliners, like, directly outside of the student center. They thought they were so cool. And then they, like, they thought they were cooler than the kids playing hacky sack next to them. Yeah, we, so we outlawed quite, hacky sacks, too. It was quite the standoff between the two of those uh, phenomenal groups of individuals that, you know... Probably want free college. I can't wait. People I can't. literally think God is going to protect them from falling over for doing something They stupid. are the types of people that use antibacterial wipes to protect themselves from the coronavirus. Yeah, and they wipe their ass with them. I can't, yeah, wait, for hacky sack. I can't wait for Hacky Sack Twitter to come after Joe for his statements. I'm going to make sure that the students of Monmouth know what you just said. What is Hacky Sack Twitter? Like, All right, we're getting way too, back far, <laughs> way too far off topic. I was just, I was curious to see if there was like a modern day equivalent really. to Evil Knievel. Um, who else say Dana Carvey? Modern Dana day equivalent Carvey. to Dana Carvey? That kid who's doing all the impressions on Twitter? Probably. Frank Caliendo? <laughs> I guess. All of their, I would consider them almost contemporary. And who was the other one? Phil Jackson. Oh. <laughs> Phil Jackson. I have no no thoughts on Phil Jackson. Yeah, there's nothing. There's not a lot to say, to say about him. Um, so, what game are we betting? You got something over there, Joe? No, I, oh. I definitely don't. Do they even have people in that state? Uh, only one million. <laughs> oh. 
and it fits all those other states we just talked about inside of it. Yeah, that's a crazy thing because over one million people voted for Bernie Sanders in the California primary. Wow, goodness wow. gracious! Wow, just You're letting your party wow. show. Wow, no, I'm just saying in terms of the amount of people, like in Wyoming, is very small. Right. That, Except we're in Montana, thing. but yeah. yeah. Also, Wrong Wyoming I mean, population. <laughs> <laughs> I have Montana. not had to crack the whip as much as I have tonight. Um, there is a game going, to me. going on in Montana, and it is the University of Ma- Montana hosting the Grizzlies um, from Missoula, Montana, hosting the northern uh, Northern Colorado. Dom, what's the capital? Bismarck. Hell on a dumbass. Oh, sh- that's North Dakota. <laughs> you really can't focus on this state. I, <laughs> it's gigantic. All you those states are like the it. same. Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming. Evil Knievel is not from all those states. They all have six um, senators, which sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yes, that is fucked. Beyond um, belief. All right. Very political podcast today. Um, <sighs> Northern Colorado. Let's make it right. Facing Montana in Missoula. At the Dahlberg Arena. Montana. Dahlberg? Is um, 18 and 11 this year. Okay. Northern Colorado, 20 and 9. How are they doing in the polls? Um, in the conference, Montana's 14 and 4. Northern Colorado, 13 and 5. Um, adjusted efficiency metric for Northern Colorado, much higher than Montana. Northern Colorado, 83rd in Ken Palm. Montana, 126th in Ken Palm. Um, Ken Palm projects are about a pick em game, maybe uh, one, one point Montana uh, favorite. I think, you know, as a purveyor of uh, Big Sky Conference basketball, uh, Montana has not lost in conference um, at home the entire season. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Dom. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think Montana, even though Northern Colorado is a good team and these teams are fighting for position um, heading into the conference tournament, they're both chasing. Montana is actually leading, tied for the lead with Eastern Washington. Um, I think Montana wins this game. So I think we're going to do just a Montana money line. I'm in. We really What's need to win line? this, guys. What is it? Plus what? Uh, the lines have not come out yet. When oh, this, this I love this. I love blind betting lines. <laughs> so, it's so much. It's like you ever like play three-card poker and then just not look at the cards and just put down the bet? That's the exactly what it feels like. I saw you actually. That worked out quite well for you in one of our recent trips to Atlantic City. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, it's like an extra, like, it's just an extra gamble. So I really give the house the edge. Mm. Joe really needs those thrills. So, yeah, well, yeah, because I take out all of the risk when I bet normally. Because we use math. <laughs> so, so, so every so Joe often, counting cards in I Atlantic like to City. live a little bit, you know? So that's what I do. I'll order, I'll get, you know, I'll buy ground beef. I'll make burgers that are like 80% like uh, lean, 20% fat when I'm trying to live a little bit. Sometimes I just blind bet hands of three-card poker. Similar rush, uh, equally damaging to my heart. We, we kind of need this win. Uh, we have traveled to... I think 22 states now, mm-hmm. and we have not changed this oil once. Uh, it's it's going to be about $45 because I'm getting the synthetic. <laughs> it's going to uh, be about so, $45. So, yeah, we're, we're going to need that. Um, yeah, so I, I think as, the, um, as one of the newest um, Action Network contributors writing about college basketball, I recommend Montana. Love that. Oh, that was a nice little stamp there. <laughs> a little plug. How about that for the... Uh, 
the thing. Um, so, yeah, for the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like Joe Biden. Um, Hello, Hello, wife, sister. <laughs> <laughs> you really think I wasn't going to mention that shit? Uh, All right. <laughs> that concludes our segments um, for this week. We're only doing RV tripping. Just uh, ended out with a little pods and wrecks. I'm going to go last. Okay. You know what? Before we do that, I'm going to bring it all the way back. Meme Museum. Oh. Joe. We can finally talk about the Bloomberg memes because he dropped out. Oh. Uh, how much time do we have left on this podcast? Plenty. I, I th- honestly, I thought they were kind of funny, but I don't think that you were going to, I don't think you were actually going to get votes I, like from not the art. memes. It's, yeah. I, I it's think commercial memes. I, th- I just thought they were, I thought they were kind of funny. If they were organic, they would have been hilarious. But they weren't. Like some rogue staffer just yeah, like, like fuck so, it. We got to try everything. Or like if fuck Jerry or something. Not fuck Jerry because fuck, fuck, fuck Jerry. Jerry fuck but Jerry like, doesn't make any memes of his own. Yeah. So, so he like when fuck Jerry Bloomberg stole the meme. His memes. When, when fuck Jerry stole the meme from somebody else. Um, like I like if somebody just created that meme, it would be hilarious. Like hey, young folk, like make yes. me a meme. Yes, I I think that if if like fuck, the actual person that if, worked for the Bloomberg <laughs> campaign that made the meme it was funny. I was going to say, it's a huge if, but if Fuck Jerry actually came up with that campaign himself, which I highly, highly doubt. doubt. Yeah. Um, that's Are the funny. Are on your original? That's the funniest thing he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we actually, uh, the meme. Aside from escaping the meme muse- any jail time for the Firefest. Yes. And okay. the Meme Museum account that we run um, actually got blocked by Fuck Jerry's tequila company. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Piss Tequila. It tastes just like it's named. Because Listen, it's not, nothing is as good as Casamigos. So. Because we were um, just like he was creating original memes and original content with his tequila account. It looked like they were made out of Play-Doh. And we were just <laughs> commenting on like, I guess this is what happens when you have to make your own memes. Like, And they were getting liked and they were deleting them. They were scrubbing the accounts and we eventually got blocked. But the Bloomberg memes Badge of honor. is yet another example of how memes are very powerful. They will run the world and how memes cannot be corrupted. I am very proud of the American people for looking at these memes and saying that is not what I want at representing our country in executive office. You and hear our country sound a little Obama like, not gonna lie. And our country. Don't screw up his flat. Keep going. Now let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> these Michael Bloomberg memes. It is a travesty <laughs> for all the meme makers in the world working two jobs, <laughs> cracking out on memes and putting them out there <laughs> for the general public. Um, no, I mean, Bloomberg. <laughs> that was too good. <laughs> I was ready to sit here for another hour. Corey, was, Corey was ready to actually vote for you. I was thinking about that. <laughs> and let me be clear. That Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, no, I, I think that I'm just, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of the electorate for completely rejecting A, oligarchy, but B, um, <laughs> bought memes. Like, the memes, memes I, like, like, it's like, it's like when, like the, the, the Slim Jim account. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny, but like, like 
corporate like any we don't, any, want, we don't want any of that slim jim smoke <laughs> <laughs> so hold on you thought you thought hacky sack twitter was bad i'm worried about the fucking slim jim joe's going to be fire roasted by the end of this week listen man uh, there's nothing like being roasted by like a fucking slim stick of 12 inches uh, so jesus Christ. that got graphic <laughs> all right um but no yeah good meme museum maybe we should bring back memes. there's good good memes going around yeah um you know, I think the uh, I, I felt like I've said Bernie Sanders' name like eight times, but the it was like, way more. I gotta eight. say though, my favorite, like the like like I'm, one, I'm once again asking you for whatever those. That's a great meme. I then I also love like for our sports fans because you know this is a sports typically. It's, it's you a know. culture, sports and culture. Hey, Maybe bet on anything. Podcast. So the uh, Venn diagram of our topics. NBA <laughs> NBA memes phenomenal, but my real favorite is Taco Tuesday. It's an unbelievable Instagram account. I don't even know how to describe it. They blitzed my Instagram feed to the point that I had to mute them. I, I actually unfollowed them. But I, but, but I do go. I muted them. So but you I respect just, the hustle. So I respect the hustle. I gave them the follower, and I can go on whenever and share the wealth. Um, but there was a great meme of, you know, they blended Alex Caruso and Anthony Davis. And let me tell you. That guy looks like he could average like 40 and 25 on any given night. <laughs> so, yeah, me museum. I'd also like to point out that I'm not shocked that we all caught on to this bullshit that the Bloomberg campaign tried to pull because we also don't typically fall for fake news articles that are posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if that was geared towards your 45 plus year old audience. Good point. They probably yeah. would have been like, oh, this Bloomberg, he's a funny guy. Like, Look imagine if doing. he, like, if he did that, exactly that, but took out, like, full-page articles in the newspaper, it would have worked. Yeah, it probably would have worked a lot better. <laughs> Idiot. God. Should have put it in the post. The memes stay pure. We've got to be happy about that. Um, so, yeah, that was Meme Museum. Um, and I am going to, so next next segment, we'll close it out, Pods and Rex. Um, I'm going to recommend on the topic of memes and just general consumption of funny things on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to recommend a Twitter account. It's at we was boomers classic. Uh, we W E was W U Z boomers twist spelled the normal way. Um, and it's, it's named cursed boomer images and uh, 150,000 followers on Twitter. It's been growing. But it basically um, takes all of the memes that your grandparents and your parents are sharing on Facebook that are just wildly absurd. Like, you you know what I'm talking about. They don't even make sense. You've seen them. They don't make sense. Um, You know, memes making fun of like Greta Thunberg and like ridiculous memes that just don't make any sense. Um, And it's a great it's a great thing. It's a great just snapshot. It's like, you know. I kind of liked looking at those crazy things on Facebook that, uh, you know, Aunt Loretta is posting, but <laughs> I don't really need to be on Facebook to see that anymore because I could just go see it on this Twitter account. So ironically, curse boomer images. We was boomers. Great follow on Twitter. All right. Um, my recommendation for the week. Shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Do explain. So. I was at Costco, another one of my recommendations. So not just shrimp cocktail, a fuck ton of shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Go on. Uh, I was at Costco on Sunday, and uh, they had a lot of shrimp cocktail. And it was a $14 pack of shrimp cocktail. 
um, peeled. Tails are still on, though. Uh, and it was normally $14. They had $4 off, so it was $10. See value, take value. I bought that. Um, I brought it home. I was like, what am I going to do with all this shrimp? So I immediately started consuming some while thinking about it. Uh, but you take the shrimp, you can really do a lot with it. You know, you can, uh, you could toss it in like a frying pan with a little bit of garlic and olive oil, you know, and like do a little bit of, you know, get a little linguine over it. You can make kind of like a fa- like a fraudulent shrimp scampi. You can barbecue it, boil it, brawl it. Crack that fresh pepper. You know, so it's, it's not bad. You could do that. You could also, uh, you could, you could make shrimp tacos out of it. Bake it, saute it. Uh, you could, uh, I made today, I made, I got a bag of the Asian mixed salad. I can't make it myself, uh, even though I am an Asian mix. Technically, um, every salad you make is an Asian mix. That's a good argument. Yeah, yeah. so that's what I did. So I, I mixed my Asian mixed salad, uh, and it was mixed so by was an double. Asian mix. So it's it like was it, was, it was, it was like salad. Asian mixed square. And then I added the shrimp to it. And it was a fantastic lunch because shrimp you can eat cold. It's one of the few seafoods that you don't really necessarily need to put into the. Uh, you don't need to put it into the microwave so you don't have that fucking office faux pas. Shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp. And it sets you up for a nice, healthy lunch. Uh, it's pretty lean. It's a nice protein. Shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. And uh, it was a great opportunity for me. Uh, so I really I went in on the shrimp cocktail. I got it on Sunday. I finished it uh, today. Today's or yesterday. So yesterday was Wednesday, and uh, it was a really nice. Uh, it was a really nice opportunity for me. And uh, I hope all of you listeners uh, are able to enjoy some shrimp cocktail, however you prefer. Great that sounds story. delicious, Joan. I'm hungry now. Thank you. It's probably because you ate dinner at four thirty. I w- yeah. I'm on old people time. Uh, <laughs> I did have bang bang shrimp though, so. Better or worse than shrimp cocktail? Less versatile, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's a one-way street. Yeah. Uh, you can put it in a taco or you can eat it without the wrap, but that's pretty much all you're going to get. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be recommending an artist, music artist. Okay. His name is Matt Karekis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's K-E-R-E-K-E-S. He is a singer of a band called Citizen, which I'm a huge fan of. He released a solo album that is very strange but also very good. A lot of mixes, some acoustic stuff, some regular thing you would hear from Citizen. Uh, if you enjoy any kind of indie music, I highly recommend you check it out. It's very relaxing, but it won't put you to sleep. It's right in the sweet spot. And that's all I got. All right. Episode 26 in the books. Joe and I, action contributors, producer Corey, signing off. God bless. Hope we find Terry. Hope he comes back. Never know. Uh, beer on sharp. Let's get that spread. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say spread or he bread? He said let's get that, that spread. <laughs> Joe, I'd like you to go outside and give me five fucking laps right now. Dude, Jesus. Uh, all right. See you guys. Let's get this bread. See you guys next week. <laughs> that's, that's about it.